this podcast from Jubilee Church Derby, a church family looking to make a difference across the city of Derby and beyond. This is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations, and you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Okay. We look at God's word together. Does that sound good? Excellent. Before we open up scripture together, just to earth something that we were talking about during worship, we were talking a lot about God's promises. And um, it's it's so good to be reminded of God's promises. But I I was just thinking as as we were talking about it and praying and, and singing and worshiping God together, that in scripture what you find is our our biblical heroes would take scriptural promises and then use them to pray them back to God. So God, you've said this, so now would we see it in our day and our time. And often we can think, oh, it's just for another day, it's for the future, it's for another time. But hey, maybe it's for now. And unless we pray and say, God, what you've said, what you've spoken... Would it be now? We won't know. And so what you find someone like Daniel doing, for example, is taking the prophetic, taking what God has said, taking the promises and then praying them back. And say, God, do you remember you said this? So now would you do it? You've promised this, so now would you act? And it's okay for us to do that. Our biblical heroes did that. That's what they did. It wasn't just, oh, God said something. That's nice. Let's just sit back and see if it happens. No, they used it to build faith. Say, God, you've said, you've promised, you've spoken. So they used that to fuel their prayer and to pray it back to God. So I just want to share that to earth some of what we were talking about and would encourage you to to be praying into what God's spoken. Be praying into what God has spoken over us as a church, over you, and if you're thinking, I'm not sure what, what God has spoken, then, hey, good time to ask. Say, what are the promises, Lord, you want to speak to me about? I was out, out praying this morning. I was praying about a whole load of stuff, and I was just sort of getting towards getting back home. And I suddenly thought, oh, Lord, I haven't listened. Do you, you ever like that? It's such a long list. Lord, a whole, whole lot of stuff I want to pray for. I thought, oh, God, I haven't listened. I'm so sorry. And then God started speaking. Because he does, he loves to speak. But sometimes we're so keen to pray and to ask him for things. That's good. We forget to listen. So I need to learn to listen more. Maybe some of you need to learn to listen more as well. Anyway, should we get into the preach before I just go off on a random tangent and talk about all those things? No, you want me to keep going on a random tangent? We can do either. I'm happy either way. But I'd be really happy if we got to finish our series in 1 Corinthians. Would you be happy about that as well? Because next Sunday, we are looking at the subject of the gospel and mental health. And we're addressing some things about that and saying, what can we learn? How can we help people? How can we pray? We're going to hear some testimonies of of different people that um, uh, have been facing those sort of issues in life, uh, either historically or even currently. And so we're going to be looking at that the week after then, 
um, is our conference weekends and uh, our friends from King's Church in Horsham, Andy and the team will be with us. He'll be speaking on the Sunday morning. And uh, then a week after, we start 2 Corinthians. So we've got to finish 1 Corinthians or I'll be in a whole lot of trouble. So if you can turn to 1 Corinthians 14, please. You might say, that's not at the end. Well, it's not. We did the end a couple of weeks ago. We're just sort of going back and filling in the gaps. Bits that we skipped or didn't have time to cover as we went through. Uh, So this really is the last part of our series in 1 Corinthians. You can uh, hear any messages that you uh, you missed, missed uh, missed by downloading them from the website, if that helps you. So 1 Corinthians 14, we don't have time to read it all, but I'll read a few verses that I think are going to help us this morning. So the first five verses, then we'll jump into verse 26 and read a few from there. So verse 1, 1 Corinthians 14. Paul says this. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries with his spirit. But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement and comfort. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. He who prophesies is greater than one who speaks in tongues, unless he interprets, so the church may be edified. In verse 26. What shall we say then, brothers and sisters? When you come together, everyone has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. All of these must be done for the strengthening of the church. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two or three at the most should speak one at a time and someone must interpret. If there's no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and God. Two or three prophets should speak, and the others should weigh carefully what is said. And if a revelation comes to someone who is sitting down, the first speaker should stop. For you can all prophesy in turn, so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. The spirits of prophets are subject to the control of prophets. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. Okay, let's pray. Father, we thank you for speaking to us so clearly already this morning. And as we spend uh, this time together looking at this passage, we, we pray, God, that you would speak to us. We pray, Lord Jesus, that our hearts will be open to hear from heaven this morning. And that, God, you would help us not only understand what we've read, but put it into practice in our lives. Father, would we honour you as individuals, would we honour you as a church in this area? We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Maybe you notice there in verse 26, Paul said, What then shall we say, brothers? When you come together, everyone has come together. Let's not miss what Paul says, when you come together. There is an assumption that you will come together, isn't there? It's not if you come together, but when you come together. He expects the church to gather you know, I've talked about this before. The Hebrews, was Hebrews 10 talks about not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. And listen, I know that the church isn't perfect. I know it's true of the church globally. It's true of Jubilee as well. That we are not perfect, a perfect church. There is no church which is. But that's not an excuse to opt out. Not an excuse to say, hey, I don't want anything to do with it. 
You know, becoming more like Jesus, discipleship, happens in community. When we gather together. I don't just mean on Sundays, but as we share life together in small groups, we happen to call them life groups. At least we call them life groups at the moment. They're the sort of thing that you know you rename every few years. Uh, but the sense is not the name. The sense is community. The sense is building relationship. The sense is sharing life together. And that's where discipleship happens. That's how you become more like Jesus in that sort of environment. But it's worth saying, these spiritual gifts that we're going to talk about this morning are not just for meetings. They're not just for two hours on a Sunday morning, so like the Holy Spirit wakes up at 10 o'clock and by 12 o'clock he's gone. You know, or maybe if you're a really good small group, Wednesday night from half seven to half nine. You know, <laughs> sometimes we can compartmentalise things. We think, oh, that's just when these things happen. No, no. We'll talk about some meeting stuff because Paul is trying to address some order in the Corinthian church. I want to bring some order to the Corinthian church because there's a whole lot of spiritual gifts and not much order. But actually, spiritual gifts are for life. They're tools that God gives by his spirit for life, not just for Sunday. So to start with, Paul tells us to eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Eagerly desire means like a kid looking forward to Christmas. It's not just sort of sitting back and thinking, well, may get something, may not. You know, those of you who have got or had small children will be aware that when Christmas starts to get close, they are eagerly desiring it. And eagerly desiring, on a good year, the, the presents that are starting to accumulate around the tree, if that's how you do it in your house. And they're looking forward to it. They're anticipating something. They're expecting something. They're eagerly desiring it. Now Paul, says, Paul says, eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Isn't it interesting? In a writing to a church that had gone somewhat mad on spiritual gifts, especially prophecy, Paul doesn't say, dial it down, guys. Just leave that one to the side. Don't worry about that. No, he's just eagerly desire. He gives some ways to use it well, but he still wants them to eagerly desire this. We need to keep doing that. Eagerly desire spiritual gifts. You know, we've called our forthcoming conference Pursuing His Presence. Because pursuing is something that's active. It's something you do. You eagerly desire. Maybe if you were around a few weeks ago, you remember Paul's prophetic word about are you expecting or are you anticipating God to break in? So are you eagerly desiring Spiritual gifts, I believe God would say to us this morning. So Paul then lists some things that should happen when we meet together. And we could, if we're not careful, start thinking, well, fulfilling this list is the aim of meeting together. It's like a checklist. Well, you know, there's some things that Paul lists like um, prophecies and tongues and so on. You can imagine, you know, does he mean that you have a clipboard there and think, okay, I had a prophecy this morning. It's good. Good. Oh, I had a tongue. Yeah, an interpretation. Yeah, well, okay, we're good. We're working down the list. You know, it's a good meeting. That's not what he's saying at all. 
The aim that he wants us to go for and we would go for together is not having a lot of contributions as an end in themselves. When they're great, don't get me wrong, we're going to spend the remainder of this time talking about them. But they're not the end in themselves. They are a vehicle to help us encounter God's. They are a vehicle, a tool, if you like, to help us hear from heaven, to have hearts that are open and soft to God. So actually, contributions should lead us forward into God's presence, to hear from him afresh, to receive from him, to be changed by him. We worship him because he is worthy. And as we worship, we encounter him and he changes us by his spirits. It's that great dynamic that happens is we worship because he's worthy. But as we worship, he comes and he changes our hearts and does something in us. And spiritual gifts help us with these things. They help us with these things. Now, I know that God is always everywhere, all the time. Theologians call that his omnipresence. He is always everywhere. Bible talks about that, Psalm 139, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. You're everywhere, Lord. God is omnipresence. But as we worship him, what we're after is glorifying him, loving him, but wanting to experience his manifest presence, his nearness, his closeness, his, his now presence, if you like. So 2 Chronicles, Solomon prays. What happens? Fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices. This is 2 Chronicles 7. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. The priest could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled it. That is God's manifest presence. Yes, he was there anyway because he is always everywhere. But he also chooses to manifest himself in certain ways at certain times in certain places. So the priest could have said, well, you know what? God said he's here, so he's here anyway. It's fine. Or they could be praying like Solomon prays and God comes in such power they can't do what they meant to do because they can't even get into the temple. What's going to change them more? God's omnipresence or his manifest presence? Both are true. Both are needed, actually. But I want to encounter him. So I wonder, are you hungry? Are you hungry to receive more from him? Moses wouldn't go anywhere without God's presence. And you could have said, Moses, it's okay. God said he's always everywhere. It's fine. But Moses knew there was something more. Exodus 33, if you want to take a look. He knew there was something more. His manifest presence, his, his nearness, his closeness. That's what Moses wanted. That's what he, Moses knew that he needed. Dear friends, that's what we need as well. That's what we need as well. So contributions help us with that, but they're not an end in themselves. And it's right that we eagerly desire spiritual gifts. But more than that, we should eagerly desire the giver of these gifts. Does that make sense? Okay. 
So, having said all that, just in a few moments, I want to talk about the contributions that Paul lists, what they should look like in our meetings, and uh, then I'd love us to pray together. If I can do that in 20 minutes, well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll give it a go. Okay, so, do you notice, verse 26, I hope you've still got your Bibles open, so 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Paul says, when you come together, the leaders will have something to bring. Do you see that in your version there? That's what it says. Paul says, as you meet together, the worship leader will have a hymn or a word of instruction. When you come together, the preacher will have something to say. When you come together, your life group leaders will have prepared well and have a tongue or interpretation. Does it say that in your version? What does it say? When you come together, everyone. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're everyone. Everyone. You're every, everyone. Everyone has a hymn or word of instruction, revelation, etc. There's the list. So, this is for all of us. Not just for those that have been Christians for a long time. Not just for the leaders. Not just for the, the worship group. No, no, this is for all of us. Now, listen, I know that due to the constraints of time and your roast dinner that's going to be ready at whatever time it is, one o'clock or half past one or something, you know, you're not going to get everybody in. I understand that. But what it does mean is that we should, we come, with, we should come with the expectation that maybe it's us. Maybe I've got something to bring this morning. And not even maybe, but a desire that, God, would you give me something to bring in order that I can bless my brothers and sisters this morning? Because as we bring something, as we bring these gifts we'll talk about in a moment, yes, they honour God, but they edify, that means build up the church. So as we come, we should be coming to in a sense of, Lord, I want to come this morning to worship you because you're worthy, but Lord, would you use me to encourage my brothers and sisters? Would you use me to build them up, to edify them, is the, the word the Bible uses there. Why do we come like that? Or do we come thinking, hey, I wonder what songs they're going to do this morning. I wonder if we get my favourites. Oh, we're not going to sing that one again. Oh, I never like that one. Yeah. How do we come? What's our attitude of hearts? This is for all of us that we should all be participating in this. So practically, we need to filter it and try and work it out in decency and order, like Ray was doing this morning. Did well, well done. Um, but the expectation and heart attitude is, hey, maybe God's going to use me this morning to bless others. So we've got a whole list of things here, hymns and songs, not just from the band. Actually, you might start something. The challenge to worship leaders, and I put myself in this category as well, is not to over-prepare actually give God space. And we've that great this morning. So, you know, hang around the song for quite a while. That's good. Probably some other songs you didn't get to on your list, I would imagine. That's okay. Because God turned up. You've got a lesson or a word of instruction. It's like a testimony, like you heard from B this morning. What has God done? Listen, I've been through a tough time, but God has been faithful. That's powerful, isn't it? It's powerful because it declares that God is good. And it's powerful because we can relate to it. Go, oh yeah, this is somebody I know and love. And I've seen them walk through a tough period and God's been faithful with them. Or we can look in and go, oh yeah, that's been like that for me. God's been faithful for her. Maybe God will be faithful for me as well. 
That's what it means. A revelation, like a prophetic word about God's character, verse 26 there. Everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement and comfort. So what prophecy does. He who prophesies edifies or build up, builds up the church. Prophecy is God speaking to us. God giving us a fresh revelation of biblical truth. It's not something outside scriptural revelation. It's giving us a fresh understanding of what God has already said in his words and applying it to our lives. So to be clear, the prophetic cannot and will not contradict scripture. It's a good first test. You know, think, I think God's speaking to me. Test number one, does it line up with what he's already said? If it doesn't, listen again. Because it, it needs to line up with what God said in his words already. Sometimes prophetic words can be spoken, sometimes they can be sung. You know, we're, uh, we're instructed in Psalm 96 to sing a new song to the Lord. And sometimes prophetic things are sung. Sometimes we can sing them as though you know, we're singing to God and he's revealing his heart to us. Sometimes we sing them or speak them like God's speaking to us. Be it first person or third person, if you're a grammatical expert and understand such things. But however you bring it, often for me, I get a sense of God speaking and I, then I have to decide how I'm going to bring it. Is it like, me sort of praying it back to God? Is it like, I feel God would say this to us? Or is it, uh, I use language like, uh, you know, as though it was God speaking directly to us. Whichever way you decide to bring it, bring it with humility. You don't need a particular spiritual voice. You don't need to say, oh, I've got something to bring now. This is the word of the Lord. Pay attention, church. <laughs> you know, you don't need to bring it like that. Just like, I feel God's put something on my heart, I want to bring it. I feel God might be saying this to us. Bring it with humility. Bring it with an open heart. And then Paul says that two or three prophets should speak and the others should weigh carefully what is said. So there's a whole debate about who the others are. Who are these others that need to weigh things? Are they other prophets? Are they leaders in the church? Or is it the whole church community? The answer is yes. I think it's all of the above. It's the other prophetic people. Yeah, leaders need to be awake, listening and, and waiting. But it's for all of us. Because you know what? Now we all have access to heaven, don't we? We don't have to go through a priest anymore. Priest of all, of all believers means that you have as much access to heaven as anybody else does who's, who's responded to, to Jesus. So you don't have to go through somebody else. You can listen for yourself. So you, you weigh it. You say, hey, hey, what is, what is God saying here? It might even mean that you discuss it. I'm often in, in team meetings and we worship and we pray together as an apostolic team. And then sometimes we'll pause and say, let's have a prophetic conversation. So we'll start to talk out what God has been saying to us. You might think, well, what does that mean? It means that, well, God said this to us. What do we th feel, it, feel it means? And we'll talk about it as a team together. Not analysing it, trying to critique it, but saying, what's the heart of God in this? What is he saying to us? What does he want us to do? What's our action as a result of it? That's what weighing it means. It means that you take it seriously and give, and give it weight. Maybe you ask others, what, what do you think? Does it, does, it, does it fit for you as well? 
Sometimes there'll be prophetic words for individual people. We've had that, haven't we? And um, I love it when that happens. I think we need to grow in that. I think that's something that I want to grow in. We might say, hey, can you stand? I've got something that God wants to speak over you. That's great. But even then, you still need to weigh it. Even then, there needs to be that, that question in your heart. Is it, Lord, is this from you? Is this what you're saying? Sometimes it's good to bring those things publicly because we can weigh them together and be an encouragement together to people. Sometimes it might be better privately. Listen, I'd, I'd say to you, if you're bringing something prophetic to somebody, privately, have somebody else with you as well. For a sense of accountability, somebody else can hear it. Because often when you're being prayed for, someone's prophesying over you, you, you miss things, don't you? What did they say? Was it this or was it that? And having another set of ears actually is helpful there. I've, I, I, what I've started to do more recently is record stuff. It's so easy, isn't it? If you've got a smartphone, you can just hit a button and record what's being said. I found that to be a real encouragement because I can play it back afterwards. Oh, this was spoken. This is what God, I felt God say. I can listen to it again. Oh, it's so helpful. So do that. Listen, if you've got something you feel is directional or judgmental even, don't bring it publicly. Come and talk to us as elders. Let's have a conversation about it. Because what we, what we bring, certainly what we bring publicly, want to be an encouragement to people and to strengthen and to, to build up. Now, I, I know God challenges sometimes. I'm very aware of that. But let, let's work that one out when he does <laughs> and bring that in a way that's appropriate. Listen, not everyone who prophesies is a prophet. There are different levels of this gift, different uh, experiences of this gift. You can think of various friends of mine who have you know, a high level of, of a revelation when they prophesy. I think, wow, there's not many people like that. And others that are growing into it. Sometimes you, you get somebody and you think, man, they've been reading my mail. <laughs> you know, I remember when we had Julian Adams with us one Sunday here. And uh, he spoke about something that, you know, Sarah and I had talked about privately and discussed between us, but nobody else knew we were even asking a question. And he said, oh, I feel God says this to you. He just answered it just like that. Felt like he was reading my mail, literally. We're not all at that level, but that's okay. We can all grow. We can all learn to hear God more. So what about if it's wrong? What about if it's wrong? You know what? We all get it wrong sometimes. We all get it wrong sometimes. That's why we're told to weigh it. If it doesn't fit, if you feel, oh, that doesn't, doesn't make sense to me, if other people are questioning it, saying, that no, I don't actually think that is for you, that doesn't seem to fit well, then, then leave it in the bin on the way out. It's okay. You can do that. Not to say it doesn't matter, because bringing a prophetic word is a serious thing to do. But it's not like the Old Testament, where if you brought a prophetic, if the prophet spoke something and it wasn't true, then they got stoned. It's like you only get a chance to get it wrong once, don't you? <laughs> After that, it's, it's game over. It's not like that now. But actually now, we see in part, we prophesy in parts. So even if you don't receive the prophetic word, even if you reject that, don't reject the person. Don't reject the person. 
just because they got it wrong or more likely didn't get it all right doesn't mean they're a bad person. It just means they're learning to hear God probably just like you and just like me. Does that make sense? Often I found that most often when people get it wrong, it's not that a prophetic word is dreadfully wrong, it's just that they embellished it. So God said something and they brought that and then they added to it. And actually, if they've just brought what God had said and stopped, we'd have been fine. But sometimes we think, I've only got a little bit, I've got to add some more on. You haven't. Just bring what God's given you and then stop. And that's okay. And that's probably a better way of doing it. The Bible does give us a warning, though, about how we receive prophecy. It says, do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, 1 Thessalonians 5, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Let's make sure that we weigh, but we honour and we receive the prophetic. Because it's going to shape us as a people. It is shaping us as a, as a community, isn't it? That's what the prophetic does. It isn't just a personal thing, but it's a corporate thing. The prophetic shapes churches, shapes direction, shapes what we're doing together. We don't have time to look this morning about tongues and interpretations. Um, we don't have time to talk about doing everything decently and in order, but I think generally we do. So uh, that's a major problem. Paul was writing to a New Testament church that got way out of hand. That's not where we're at. I think we've got some way to go. I'm not saying we should aim to be way out of hand. Don't misunderstand me. But I don't think that's a particular danger for us right now. I think the bigger danger for us and the bigger danger for pretty most churches in the UK is that we fall into a sort of, you know, just a pattern of accepting things as it is and go, well, that's just how it is. And don't keep pressing into God for more of him and more of his presence. Because it's that that's going to change us. As it changes us, it changes the communities that we live in. And that's not what you want to see. I love a vibrant Sunday meeting. I really do. But listen, that should change us so that we then get to change the communities and the places where we live and work and serve and interact with other people. We are called to be a blessing to others. So yes, you want a vibrant meeting where God encounters us and he speaks. Why? So that he changes us and you can then bring his love and his glory and his presence to every place that you go. It's not so you can just go home and go, hey, we had a great morning. I love a great morning. Believe me, I really do. But it's in order that we can then make a difference where God has placed us. Do you want to make a difference where God has placed you? That's why we're talking about these things. That's why I want to grind the prophetic. That's why we're talking about running a conference and an academy and learning to hear God about all these things. It's in order that he may do something with us and in us that makes a difference in your workplace, in your home, in your university or school, where you live and shop and relax. You go and you bring the kingdom of God in. His manifest presence. In Old Testament times, God's presence was found in the temple. Now God's presence is found in you. You're a portable temple. 
designed to bring the presence of God wherever you go. So the more we can encounter him here, the more we can learn to hear from him here, the more equipped we will be out there. Amen? Can we stand together? Perhaps the band can come back, please. We're, time has run away with us this morning. So much more I could have said. But I think the best thing we can do now is just wait on him and see what he would want to do. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, that you are a loving Father who loves to give good gifts to his children. Thank you, Lord, that you love to encounter us as we worship you. And we pray again, Lord, that you would come to us afresh this morning. That, God, you'd speak to our hearts. You'd remind us of promises that you've spoken over us. You give us ears to hear you afresh this morning. Holy Spirit, would you come? Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you're a God who loves to speak. And so we're going to pray this morning that we would have ears to hear all that you would have to say to us in order that we might be a blessing to one another and a blessing to the world that you've called us to. But Father, first we pray that you would, you would continue to speak and that we would have ears to hear. Lord Jesus, would you come, please? Thank you, Father. I just... <laughs> yeah, I just feel that like the phrase God's given me is, is that he wants to unblock ears this morning. I feel like he wants... That's, that's what God said. I feel it, like he wants to unblock ears this morning. I think that's a spiritual thing. <laughs> but it may be a physical thing as well. It may be a physical sign that God wants to show you in order that he can speak to your heart as well. So I want us to pray in a moment for any who want, as it were, their spiritual ears unblocked, where you're thinking, I'm just not hearing God as much as I'd like to. I'd love to pray for you that God would unblock your ears. But... Is there anybody that's physically had blocked ears? Maybe it's, you know, you've got a hearing issue. Yeah, we'll pray for you, a couple of people. Anybody else has got a hearing issue of any sort? Maybe tinnitus or a significant hearing loss? Okay, let's pray for you too then. I feel like God wants to do something physically as a demonstration of what he wants to do spiritually. So we're going to do and ask Caroline to lead us in a song. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. 
feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk or come along on any Sunday morning.